2: Hi, and welcome to Radio Motherboard. This is Jason Kebler, and I'm joined here with Evan Greer, who is the Deputy Executive Director of Fight for the Future. Evan, thank you so much for being here.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. Did I, I get your just, title just, right? Just, I think I'm just the Deputy Director. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but that's okay. You know, you can run it through the like academic name generator.
2: Yes, See? yes. I always get it mixed A- up because some...
0: I'm the Assistant Chief executive director
2: yeah well today you're a very important person obviously you're you're always an important person but uh you and i guess your colleagues at fight for the future helped push through a uh let's see what what do we call what are we calling this we're calling a joint resolution under the congressional review act to protect net neutrality um what does that mean
0: so this is really a, a historic moment um it's the first time that the US Senate has voted on net neutrality in years. And it was an upset. Um, we not only won this vote, but um, two Republican lawmakers that, that nobody knew was going to vote for this, uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, uh, ended up supporting the vote. Um, so we ended up winning 52 to 47. Um, And that means that the U.S. Senate has officially disapproved of the FCC's resoundingly unpopular repeal of net neutrality. And now it's up to the House of Representatives to do the same uh, if they're going to side with the vast majority of voters from across the political spectrum uh, and restore these basic protections uh, that prevent Internet service providers from controlling what we see and do on the Internet.
2: Yeah, I want to talk really briefly about John Kennedy and Lisa Murkowski's vote. Uh, We sort of knew that basically every Democrat was on board in the Senate. Um, And then a few, maybe about a month ago, Susan Collins said that she would vote for it as well. you know, you guys forced a vote on this uh, about a week ago, right? And and then the vote um, came up today. Did you know that John Kennedy and Lisa Murkowski were going to flip? Or was it one of those things where you just really had your fingers crossed that this would go the way you were hoping?
0: You know, I was definitely optimistic that we would pick up some more support from Republican lawmakers on this, given the fact, again, that, you know, polling consistently shows that the overwhelming majority, including of Republican voters, uh, oppose the FCC's repeal of net neutrality. You know, it's one thing, if there's one thing everyone can agree on, it's that they don't want their cable company to get to decide what websites they can visit, what apps they can use, where they can get news, where they can get information, how they can listen to music, how they can stream videos. Everyone wants choice. Everyone wants the freedom to choose. They don't want their cable company, the Comcast, Verizon's, and AT&T, and the world to decide that. So, you know, I think this is an issue where it's not partisan outside of Washington, D.C., and we saw massive mobilization across the internet in the lead up to the vote, uh, you know, with major websites participating, with uh, millions of people contacting their lawmakers in opposition to the FCC's repeal. Um, so, you know, we certainly didn't know. I had all of my fingers and toes crossed going into the vote today, um, but I was optimistic that you know, more Republican lawmakers would start listening to their base, listening to their constituents on this. And it happened. Um, And I think that that is a strong signal to Republican lawmakers in the House that like, look, this is the moment to just like get off the sinking ship. You know, it's just not okay in 2018 to be uh, not up on how the Internet really works and um, not savvy on these issues. Um, It's not a left right thing. It's it's a do you understand technology thing, um, and you know the Republican senators that voted for this today showed that they understand technology, and now it's time for Republicans in the House to do the same, um, or I do think that they're you know going to regret it uh, when the election comes.
2: Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about strategy going forward in a minute, but but first I want to go back. Um, you know, Fight for the Future and you in particular have been involved in a lot of these letter writing campaigns, um, you know, some of the online protests dating back years now. Um, back when Tom Wheeler was the chairperson of the FCC, um, it seems like for a while there was a lot of like bait and switch. I don't want I don't want to call it bait and switch, but the protests worked for a long time. Um, you know, there was always this threat that net neutrality was going to go away, uh, but then enough protests happened um and you know the fcc scrapped it, and ultimately we got very good fc uh, very good net neutrality protections under the fcc um then we sort of have ajit pai come in uh the protests were loud and they were uh i thought very uh persuasive uh, you know the letter writing campaigns were were great um but in the end you know ajit pai and the republican controlled controlled fcc voted to get rid of the F- the net neutrality protections um, I think for a lot of people, maybe they thought the story sort of ended there, but for Fight for the Future and for you, you know, in many ways, it was kind of just getting started. So can you take me back to, you know, soon after the FCC voted to get rid of these protections? Like what, you guys were kind of ready for the next step at that point, weren't you?
0: Yeah, well, it, it's it's amazing that, It's like our net neutrality history kind of goes back that far right now in the popular conception of this, right? Um, And, you know, I remember when people camped out in tents outside of the FCC under Tom Wheeler, President Obama's FCC chairman, when he was moving in the wrong direction, as he said, you know, and was basically looking to push for weak net neutrality rules that wouldn't have stood up in court um, and that, you know, wouldn't have actually created bright line rules preventing internet service providers from abusing their power. Um, And, you know, I'm not even kind of like a original um, net neutrality activist in the grand scheme of things. You know, people have been working on this for decades. Um, And I think that's one thing that's really important for people to understand is, you know, so much of the rhetoric that we've seen from the other side, from the ISPs and AstroTurf groups that they fund and politicians that they give large campaign contributions to has been, oh, you know, the internet was fine before 2015, so what's the big deal? You know, this is all just, you know, crying, you know, crying wolf and it's, you know, there's, there's nothing here. Um, and, you know, it's really important to understand that what Ajit Pai proposed and what the FCC ended up voting to approve was not just returning to where things were in 2015, but it actually breaks with more than 30 years of legal precedent of the FCC providing basic oversight of these giant companies that have built their wealth and built their political power um, with support from the public um, and created something that provides a public good um, and that's essential for participation in democracy. Um, and you know, it's, it's not just kind of going back a couple of years um, it's actually a radical departure um, from the idea that these companies shouldn't be able to use their monopoly status to block um, you know, the basic use of their networks um, for the free exchange of ideas, for innovation, uh, for the next companies that will come along. Um, so it's really a significant change. And this Senate vote um, is really you know, an appropriate response, in my opinion, um, to such a radical departure from this basic idea that, um, you know, people should have a right to access the entire internet when they pay their internet service provider to get online.
2: Right. Yeah. So how did this happen? Like I, I just remember, you know, the the vote happened and then I remember thinking, hey, there's probably going to be some sort of legal challenge. And I think there still are some legal challenges going on, uh, which we can get into if you want. We don't necessarily have to. Um, but I remember thinking that's probably all there is. Like this is sort of a, a done deal until maybe we have democratic control of the FCC again, or maybe, you know, some sort of change uh, in the control of uh, of the house and Senate. But you guys sort of push this through with our current legis- legislature, which is, you know, controlled by the Republicans. So um, how did, how did you make this happen? Like there are, And is it fair to say that you guys made it happen? I I know that there's tons of, you know, average people talking out about this, calling their uh, lawmakers, that sort of thing. But to me, it seemed like Fight for the Future was the main uh, driving force behind this specific uh, Congressional Review Act uh, push, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, there's a huge coalition of organizers um, and volunteers and uh, nerds and gamers and people that moderate subreddits and people that run websites um, that have been kind of all collaborating in Slack channels and through email lists and, and uh, Discord channels and, you know, subreddits and all kinds of, kind of like the nooks and crannies of the internet on this issue for years. Um, and, you know, we've gotten pretty good at fighting back Um, And and as you said, you know, there's been protests on this before, um, on the ground and online, um, and we're getting better and better at it. Um, And it's true that, you know, we're fighting a a steeper uphill battle on this issue than we were uh, a few years ago. Um, But what we have realized is that, you know, there's two things that are really important. If we're going to win on net neutrality in the long run, we need to prevent this from becoming a partisan issue. And right now, it again, outside of Washington, D.C., it's not. It's like the one thing that everyone agrees with. Um, again, you know, the most recent poll is even better than the one before. shows 86 percent of voters from across the political spectrum, Republicans, independents, Democrats, doesn't matter, support net neutrality. That's like more popular than weed. I mean, right. you know, this is like uh, and, you know, so I think it's it's really important that we keep it that way. Right. The Cable companies have been spending a ton of money to spread misinformation that specifically targets conservatives and spreads, you know, this just totally false narrative that, you know, like it's one thing to argue that net neutrality is heavy handed regulation, um, which it's not. It's a basic principle that's been around since the Internet was invented. And you know, this is a way to codify that into law. Um, But uh, you know these you know they've been spreading misinformation that goes way beyond that that's like oh you know net neutrality is is censorship or you know some of the stuff that i've seen recently is like net neutrality lets facebook off the hook for their privacy violations yeah
2: you know? my favorite was a, a couple of years ago it was pitched as a communist takeover of the government by or of the internet by the obama administration
0: awesome yes yeah, so <laughs> <I mean, laughs> seeing some pretty
2: um, wild things out there
0: yeah. So, you know, again, and and what's really disheartening about that is that it's also just totally misrepresents the positions of like actual libertarians and conservatives that understand the Internet. Um, you know, and, you know, there's really strong arguments out there from a free market perspective about, you know, preventing, again, cable companies from abusing their monopoly power to pick and choose um rather than allowing apps and services and, you know, internet creations to exist on a free market as they always have. Um, And I think, you know, it's, um, so what I was getting down to, though, was that we're getting smarter and we're recognizing that we have to prevent this from becoming a partisan issue. And we are, um, you know, living in a world where if we're going to win this in the house, we need to convince about 25 House Republicans to side with their constituents and vote for net neutrality. I think that's doable, but it's going to take a, you know, a really serious district by district effort. And people are going to have to like saddle up for the long fight here. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, people are kind of always like, oh, I've been hearing about net neutrality for years. Like, when is this going to be over? Um, and the reality is, you know, the Internet is a powerful platform. And it challenges powerful interests, and there's forces at play um, that have a lot of money at stake in being able to control uh, and manipulate, uh, you know, what we see and do on the internet um, and profit off of their ability to do so. And uh, in order to get to a place where you know we can keep them at bay, um, we're going to have to fight for that. That said, in the long run, zoomed out, I think we're winning that fight overall right now. Again. And, you know, just the fact that people from across the political spectrum so overwhelmingly agree on this um, is a huge factor. We're making net neutrality a mainstream issue for the first time ever. Um, And, you know, I mean, like Burger King is talking about net neutrality, right? Like this is like has become something that was, you know, in the pages of wonky tech blogs and now is uh, a mainstream issue that you can walk up to anyone on the street and start talking about. Yeah. Um, and that changes the game. Um, we have state attorneys generals suing the FCC. We have you know, companies, large and small, suing the FCC. You know, thousands of small businesses on an unprecedented scale speaking out, um, calling on their lawmakers to support the CRA. Um, you know, there's really never been a mobilization quite like this with so many different kind of strange bedfellows coming together um, around something Um, you know, that I know of, you know, in, in, you know, recent history. Um, And, you know, I do think that we need to start recognizing that the Internet has changed the game for what is and isn't possible in Washington, D.C. And that's exactly what's at stake uh, when we're defending net neutrality. It's that transformative power, the way the Internet has changed the rules for democracy uh, and, you know, all of the good and bad that it can bring. um, You know, we're fighting that battle. right now
2: with specific regard to the cra um how does like i can understand how uh you know widespread protests kind of get the fcc to rule one way or another based uh you know on like people actually caring about this or or what have you but how does it go from how do you channel that uh how do you channel that Interest and energy into actual legislation? Like, how does it go from, you know, uh, fight for the future, buying billboards and uh, all these websites protesting and all these people writing letters to someone sitting in a room somewhere, you know, a legislative aide or, or what have you, writing out a CRA and people actually voting on this?
0: So, there's two really important pieces. One is that you have to be real on the substance you can't just come into this and and try to win over hard to get lawmakers with rhetoric and being like ah the internet like you've got to save it like please save the internet senator so and so you have to like know what you're talking about um and go in there um and you know really uh you know connect with their staffers and try to convince them that this is the correct policy that's the first thing then you need to mobilize large numbers of people that are their constituents, that uh, especially are small business owners or others you know, that are going to you know, matter to them, um, to speak out and help those people and empower those people um, to make their voices heard. And that's so much of what Fight for the Future has done is just like making that democratic process a little easier for normal people that don't have a lot of time, that are not full-time net neutrality activists, but, you know, are willing to write a letter to their editor of their local newspaper or willing to go and meet with their member of Congress or willing to lead a business delegation to go meet with their member of Congress in their spare time. And, you know, that's what's been winning the fight for net neutrality. It's these it's like people coming out out of the woodwork. Um, You know, the the small business letter that we organized had like plumbers and massage therapists and, and Uh, you know, construction workers and hardware stores um, and, you know, so many different like random small businesses that all felt like this affected their ability to survive in the digital age, working together to like actively push their members of Congress to vote for this. Um, And it had an impact um, in Alaska and Louisiana. And I'm sure it had an impact in other places. You know, other members of Congress were feeling the pressure, even if they didn't ultimately vote the way that their constituents and small businesses in their district wanted them to. Um, And, you know, again, they, they may come to regret that.
2: Right. So what are next steps in terms of getting this through the house? Uh, I think you mentioned 25 or or 35 uh, Republicans need to flip on this. Um, I know that uh, in the Senate, you were sort of able to force a vote on it. Um, I'm not sure if there's a similar mechanism in the house or if it's something that, uh, Paul Ryan or you know H- House Republican leadership needs to bring to the floor? Or how can you sort of go about pushing this through the House?
0: Right. So the Congressional Review Act, the CRA, which is the mechanism that has been used to force this vote in the Senate, um, that, again, kind of disapproves of the FCC's repeal of net neutrality, if it passed through both the Senate and House, would restore the FCC rules that never should have been taken away in the first place um, allows for no amendments, no way to like muck it up or water it down, straight up, up or down vote on the FCC's repeal of net neutrality. Um, Now that we've won in the Senate, we can take it to the House, and there is a way that we can use the CRA to force a vote in the House, Um, but we don't get the kind of same time limit that we had in the Senate. We need 218 votes, a simple majority on a, what's called a discharge petition to force a vote to the House floor. And then we would need that same 218 votes, simple majority in order to win that House vote. So, uh, you know, with the way things break down, that would mean, yes, basically all of the Democrats and around 25 House Republicans um, would have to vote for it. So we're really going to have to be going, you know, again, district by district um, and really, you know, both convincing Republicans on the substance um, and, you know, Really, just like mobilizing small businesses and uh, internet users to to really dedicate their time to this, I think that's what it's going to take. Um, it's you know people showing up consistently. Over the last several months, we've had people outside of um, key senators' offices, like almost every other week, with signs and showing up and talking to their staffers. Um, and you know, again, it's it's a combination of like protest and being you know, up in your face and, and showing people that we care and, like, we're ready to fight, um, but also backing that up with substance. Like, we know what we're talking about and, you know, providing that substance to um, those lawmakers and really trying to, on a granular level, um, move them one by one. Um, and, you know, the numbers are are hard. It's an uphill battle in the House. That 25 Republicans sounds like a lot. But if you go back to just last year, 15 House Republicans voted against that, previous CRA to gut those internet privacy rules, um, you know, which is sort of a similar, you know, a a bad CRA that Republicans were pushing to get rid of internet privacy rules. Um, So we saw 15 defect on that. And we only had a couple days to mobilize opposition to that. Um, With the house vote, we're going to have several months um, between now and when a new Congress comes in session. That's basically the end of our ability to push the CRA. Um, We, we have some time to really work on these folks um, and to mobilize um, people around it. There's also the moment that the FCC repeal will actually go into effect on June 11, um, when you know, starting that day, every single day, that lawmakers delay signing on to that discharge petition, they are actively basically allowing the FCC to abdicate um, and, and uh, end net neutrality um, despite the overwhelming opposition of the American public. So that's, you know, that in and of itself should be a significant form of pressure on lawmakers um, and a significant incentive for the public to start rising up um, starting on June 11th.
2: Is there any indication that Democrats or Republicans uh, plan on running on net neutrality as an issue or at least bringing it up in the midterm campaigns?
0: You know, I think it's inevitable that this is going to be an issue in the midterms, just in, in the sense that it's just become such a massive piece of the political conversation this year. Um, and I think there's two things that are important to understand about that. One is, you know, that that's an environmental reality of this. And so certainly every lawmaker, um, you know, who's pragmatic needs to just be recognizing that. Um, and, you know, as they're weighing or, or feeling like they're afraid of the retribution that they're going to get from Powerful telecom companies—they um, should also be afraid of their own constituents, who can vote them out of office if they're, you know, blatantly going against the interest of the overwhelming majority of the American public. That said, you know, I just want to say, you know, there's been a lot of reporting on this that sort of, you know, claims that this entire effort in the Senate has been just a stunt to win votes for Democrats. And I'll just say that for myself, I've dedicated countless hours of my life over the past several months pushing for this vote um, and pushing for this outcome um, and I didn't do it to win points for Democrats or Republicans or anyone else. I did it to win back net neutrality. Um, and I know that the you know the thousands of volunteers out there across the country ha- are in this to win net neutrality um, and are you know actively uh, working on that and any House Democrats that fail to support um, you know this vote um, will definitely get pressure. Um, from their constituents as well. Um, this is not uh, for us about um, either party. Um, this is about protecting a fundamental principle um, that has made the internet um, into a tool that we can use to challenge tyranny, uh, to expose corruption, uh, and to transform our economy in a way that you know, has made it accessible to so many more people than ever were before. Um, and so this is about a lot more than, um, Democrats or Republicans, uh, for me personally, um, of saying that from the heart. And, um, and I know that's really true for, um, just the enormous number of people that have been collaborating in organizations. And, you know, I think it's worth shouting out like, um, organizations like the National Hispanic Media Coalition, uh, the Center for Media Justice, Demand Progress, uh, Free Press, uh, Engine, uh, the American Sustainable Business Council, um, you know, there's so many different groups and organizations and uh, I sh- shouldn't have started naming any, cause now I'm leaving <laughs> out you know, 20 more that all deserve just as much credit. Um, and, uh, you know, as well as all of the, you know, startups and, and, and companies like Etsy and Tumblr and, um, OkCupid and, you know, cool corners of the internet, like chess.com, my favorite place to play chess on the internet. Um, that all, I did not know they <laughs> were in the fight, <laughs> They hit chess.com on board in the fight. Um, you know uh, it's it's really been you know just like an enormous effort and i meant to say that you know back when you first <laughs> kind of gave a lot of credit to fight for the future and you know we're we're happy to play our role in mobilizing people but it's really been uh you know a massive collaboration um and and i and it's been a collaboration that's about winning back um these basic protections that people deserve um and and that's what and we have to hold that in our hearts as we go into the next part of the fight um, because if we let this turn into a partisan circus, everyone's going to lose. Um, and so that's not what this is about. This is about winning back um, the Internet um, for the people, for everyone um, to have a voice. And um, we're doing it in the courts and we're doing it in the states. And we're going to keep doing it in Congress. And we're going to win.
2: I think that's well said. Um, I'd love to let you go, but I have one sort of last question. Or I just I just want to talk about the idea that I've seen around a lot that this was a stunt and by stunt, I mean a, an effort to sort of get lawmakers on the books, uh, sort of yes or no. Um, you know, I have seen this needs to get through the House and then it needs to be signed by uh, Donald Trump. And I've just seen a lot of people saying there's no way Trump's going to sign it. So why even bother? Um, I think that, you know, either way, it's worth getting people on the record. It's also worth it just for uh, just to show the american people that you can get politicians to listen to the will of the people um i think you know people are in desperate need of a win on this issue right now um and i think that today's win was fantastic and and congratulations on that but i do want to talk you know about this idea that trump's not going to sign it so why even bother um you know what are what are next steps like if this fails um we can sort of discard the idea of of whether this effort is worth it or not but what like if this doesn't work what what else is there or what other hope is out there
0: yeah well first let's talk about trump (laughs) the elephant in the room um so you know i think the first thing i always want to say about that is any pundit or you know dc journalist that that tells you that they can predict what donald trump is going to do on a policy issue after you know a significant vote on it in several months is you know full of it um no one you know i mean just no one knows what trump would do um and uh you know commissioner o'reilly republican fcc commissioner himself said he wasn't sure how trump would land on a cra on this on the record um there was just the other day a report in politico about um a top advisor in the commerce uh Uh, A top commerce advisor to Donald Trump, um, suggesting to him privately that he support the CRA should it come to his desk. Um, You know, his politics on this are kind of convoluted, right? He's um, clearly not a huge friend of Comcast, who owns MSNBC, or AT&T, who owns CNN. He's been a vocal opponent of AT&T's merger. There's, you know, ongoing controversy around uh, their payments to Michael Cohen Um, none of that looks great right now. Right. So, you know, it's all, you know, I think just, first of all, I don't think that that's a done deal. If, if, if we saw an upset in the Republican party, 25 Republican lawmakers voted for this, um, you know, and it landed on Trump's desk, no one knows what would happen. Um, and I do agree, you know, like this is a moment. It's a moment where every member of Congress should go on the record. Um, do they support net neutrality or not? And we're, and Voters deserve to know, um, and you know, we are coming up on the midterms, and voters deserve to know how where their lawmakers stand. Um, so I think you know, all of those things come into play, um, but uh, I think in terms of your question of what happens next, um, regardless of you know, what happens here with the CRA, um, there's a few things I'd like to highlight. One is um, the state-level fights, um, especially in California and New York, where there are bills that are particularly strong Um, that set kind of a standard for what uh, state-level legislation could look like across the country, um, and also are in states that just are such a significant portion of the population, um, that makes a major deterrent for ISPs to actually roll out harmful paid prioritization scams, right? Like if they can't do them in California, New York, and they're worried about getting sued, doing them in a bunch of other states, and it's still being deliberated in Congress and the courts, they're not gonna start fucking around with us, basically. I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. You can
2: say whatever Um, you want. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, You know, and, um, you know, so there's, this is this is again why, you know, going back to like, I think I need everyone to believe that like, we are winning on net neutrality and we're going to win on net neutrality. And this CRA effort is one piece of a broader strategy to mobilize the internet, um, to get lawmakers, to get this issue right, um, to get the courts to get this issue right, to get um, you know, or to, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's not much the internet can do to do that, but you know, to to track that as it happens, um, and to um, you know, fight in the states and, and local level um, to just you know build momentum for this because um, it's that's that's what this is in the end. It's it's more than just a legal fight. It's also a cultural war. And if people expect that when they pay their internet service provider they get connected to the entire internet and they demand that. And we fight for that on all of these levels. Um, You know, we're on track to win it. Yeah.
2: Well, Evan, thank you so much. Uh, Congratulations again. Um, And I wanted to thank you for fighting this fight so tirelessly. Um, You know, we've been writing about it and reporting on it for years and years now. And, for a while, I was like, this is really exciting. And then it was like, wow, this is very tiring. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we found uh, we, we've continued to cover it, but it's just it's there's so many wrinkles to it. And there's so many times that uh, especially in the last few months where, um, you know, pro net neutrality folks have been knocked down. So uh, I think it, it's so important that you and, and so many other people have uh, kept this in the news and have continued to fight this fight.
0: Well, yeah, thanks so much for for having me on and talking about it. And, you know, it's been it's really important that that there's been a lot of journalism around it. And um, I think um, it's also just really important to say that, you know, we we need to figure out ways to organize around this that aren't dependent on big Internet companies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, you know, um, a bunch of. Again, you know, great startups um, helped out um, and spread the word, um, and you know we saw like really amazing participation from kind of every cool random corner of the internet. Um, but you know, I think there's some idea that like you know we should sit back and hope that like Google and Facebook and Wikipedia are gonna like sound the alarm and then we're gonna you know have net neutrality again. And I think you know the internet um, has we need to fight that type of centralization um, in terms of both strategy and like the internet itself um, and recognize the power of um, the broader network. Um, And especially with this house fight where these are like small districts um, and we need to get to know and work with people um, in each of these small districts and like figure out how to harness the power of the internet to do work um, at a community level, basically. Um, And so I think um, it's just important that um, we, we look going forward at the power that we have together um, and not rely on, you know, any political party um, or any, you know, specific uh, piece of legislation or any big internet company to save us. Um, we're going to have to, like, all work together. Um, but I, I'm i really seeing the power of the internet um, in the result of this vote today. Um, and I, I see there's a really clear strategy going forward with the CRA into the House um, and in these fights in the States. Um, and everyone should be paying attention to what's happening in the courts as well. Um, but I think, um, holding that, um, you know, as we go forward is going to be really important.
2: And that's our show. Thanks so much to Evan Greer. She's been fighting the good fight the last couple of months and will continue to do it. For more on the CRA vote, you can go to motherboard.vice.com. We've got a story up there by Kaylee Rogers. Uh, we also have another article that Kaylee wrote that shows how each senator voted on this issue. So if your senator voted against it, you can go there and send them letters and things of that nature. Uh, again, I am Jason Kebler, editor-in-chief of Motherboard. Uh, thanks for listening to Radio Motherboard. We'll be back again next week.